0: Welcome to the In Vino Fabulum podcast. I'm Patrice. And I'm Laura. We're your co-hosts for the In Vino Fabulum. That means in wine story. We think there are a number of tales to be shared about women in wine. This is a space to offer a narrative and chat about both.
1: All right, today we're on a mini-sode or a vignette on the vine story. And we decided today's topic is going to be about mentorship. I was reading a book Called Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. You may know him from the Four Hour Work Week. I never read that book, but I've heard of the Work Week, and I probably just work only four hours. No, I'm kidding. I don't work four hours. Um, Tim Ferriss is about getting advice, giving advice, and this is a really thick book I borrowed from the library that has a series about eleven or twelve questions he asks people, professionals, industry leaders, some experts, some I don't, I don't even know about, and they each answer around three to seven of these questions in this book so it took me a few months to read but in hopes of some mentoring and stories I thought we would ask and answer a few of these questions so Patrice and I are going to do this little rundown of five of the questions today and we're going to give our response so if you want to think about your responses blog video vlog comments um please let us know we'd love to hear some of your answers as well all right Question one, what is the book or books you've given as a gift and why? Or what are your one to three books that you that have greatly influenced your life?
0: So I've, I've found that a tough question from the standpoint of limiting myself because mm-hmm. I love to read mm-hmm. and listen to audiobooks. And there's been so many that have influenced my life. However, one that really came to mind was Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In book. And the reason for that was, I think when I read that book, a lot of things that I had been experiencing but couldn't name kind of came to the surface for me, and I never really thought about the fact um, that I should be doing things like negotiating for a salary or that people talk over me at meetings or that... um, you know, you know, other aspects that women experience every day on the job. And so that book is really, I think, for me, was a little bit of a turning point that got me thinking about the experiences that I was having and making me more aware of the experiences that other women were having. And also, I happened to read it just before I uh, took my position at Cornell and I did negotiate for a salary, and I think had I not read that book, I probably would have taken the salary that they had offered. So for me, that was just kind of a jumping point. And I think more recently, a book that I really enjoyed, and actually, I really like the podcast, and I have it on audio, so I listened to it more than once, is uh, Radical Candor. Cool. Um, I think that's been a, a great book helping, you know, helping me think about how to have those, you know, provide feedback and think about the relationships you have with your peers, supervisors, and the people that work for you. So, um, and that's helped me, you know, I think be better at providing feedback to other people. And that's, that one's by Kim Scott. If anyone's looking for that one, it's a good one. I like it too. Yeah. And we'll put the links to those. We'll put the links to those. Um, and for a, a third book, a book that I just really love is The Boys in the Boat. And that's probably one of, have you read that? No, who wrote that? I will, i have to look it up, but it is about the uh, University of Washington men's rowing team that rowed in the Olympics when Hitler was, you know, when they were in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does a really amazing job of both kind of going back and forth, telling the story of these rowers who, and, and what they, you know, what they went through to achieve what they did and, you know, what was going on in the war. So it's just really, and I mean, maybe because we well, you rode, you know, maybe mm-hmm. because I row and both of my daughters row, it also struck me, but it's just, it's a really great story of resilience and teamwork and, you know, what these men overcame. You know, to, you know, through working together as a team and to achieve what they did.
1: Well, that's great. Um, I appreciate that. I think of some of the books, my early book was um, Catching the Ride, uh, J.D. Salinger. So trying to point out uh, the realness of things and what's going on in society and where you stand compared to others, those fakers and posers. And I think I've, I just like the nuances of. Um, the character and uh, wanting to understand more and what's going on around him is a book that I liked. A book that I often give, um, there's a couple of them, and actually one of them Patrice Scott, was The Artist's Way, mm-hmm. and uh, that's with, by Julia Cameron. She um, has both art and spirituality and it helps you walk through finding your creative self or coming out of some barriers that might block you from whether it's, um, you don't have to be an artist a writer a painter or anything, but breaking through of what is holding you back from where you're going to go. And it's one I picked up when I was finished my undergrad in university. Uh, it's one I picked up later when I'm mid-transition or thinking about it. And it's been one to help me. Um, Writes daily and reminding myself how journaling and kind of taking notes or thinking and reflecting is really important. So that's kind of a whether it's your 750 words or three pages of morning writing is thinking about and processing, reflecting has been something I've learned a lot from that book. And one I give, and maybe this is my propensity to travel, is um, the Dr. Seuss Oh, the Places You'll Go. Um, I've given, I've read, um, and I've used it for different things, but I probably give that to um, friends of mine that are um, graduating, to making a transition, to um, as one of the books. There's a few, but that's one that I probably like the most because it thinks I think about optimism, adventures, hope, what's on the horizon, and that you make it happen. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like a bit of a celebration and. To say there's more yet to come in your adventure. All right, you get to ask the next question.
0: Okay. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last 6 months or in recent memory? Give specifics like brand, model, where you found it, etc. All
1: right. So, I was thinking about this and I'm going to go with my purchase of the Headspace app for this year. So I've been trying to um, incorporate mindfulness and meditation into my life and have some point of focus and a habit to kind of anchor my mornings and begin. And I've I've tried the Headspace app. Um, It's Andy Biddecombe has created it. I tried it before because they give like a free 10 session trial, but I said this year I'm going to pay for it. And so I think um, the, the cost is normally $96 per year. I got it at the end of January, Secrets, uh, for half the price. So that's probably been the best investment. And it's an app that sits on my phone or iPad that I engage in daily practice. And there's different kind of focus um, on whether it's creativity. It's, uh, it could be on managing anger to managing Um, just being present in your space. So uh, it's a guided meditation that I like, that I use, that I incorporate to kind of ground me um, when I'm not grounded, that I do every morning and sometimes throughout the day if I need a little quick session. So I learned about that from, I believe it was the TED Radio Hour uh his kind of uh he has a talk a ted talk but he had a mini episode i listened to that i'll put in the notes that you can take a listen um of why of his story of what helped him and why he developed this app and uh, now listen to his voice on a regular basis it's, it's not a bad one i will say so all
0: right so mine is somewhat similar although it is uh harkens back to the old times, and that is uh, I went and bought a bullet journal, and Mm -hmm. bullet journal is the brand, and I almost think I heard about it from, I I definitely heard about it from Twitter, and I almost think it might have been something that you tweeted, but I was hesitant to, you know, the idea of carrying around a journal and writing in it as opposed to, you know, using Google Docs. Uh, however, I have found it to just be a really great way to reflect and I think that i you know I purchased it after we did the artist way and so in in addition to purchasing the bullet journal, I also purchased like stickers and stamps and different markers um and so it gives me a chance to be creative while I'm reflecting and meditating and It has, you know, in addition to, say, just like your basic to-do list, uh, it recommends planning, kind of creating like a long-term plan for the next few months. Uh, You can also do different things like um, I drew a bookshelf on one page and I write in like which books I want to read and which ones I have read. Um, I have a diagram. Um, Like I do a lot of like yoga and, you know, so I kind of keep track of like when I do yoga and when I go to the gym. So you know, it has a lot of different things that you can keep track of in it as well. But it's also encouraged me uh, to continue journaling. So I I wasn't sure if I was going to use it or not, but I would I and I did not anticipate the positive impact it would really just have on my on my day to just sit down with that in the morning and take a look at it um, and you know really prioritize. Cool. How much was that? I want to say it was 25 or $30. Although, just, by the time I added in the markers and everything, I'm pretty sure I was still under 100 But That's good. Okay, that's good. And that's from the bulletjournal.com website. Yeah. Cool.
1: All right. What advice would or do you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the quote-unquote real world? What advice should they ignore? You could do either or.
0: So th- this is some very practical advice, um, but it's something that I don't think I would not have done if the nice HR person hadn't suggested that I do it uh, on the first or second day of work. You know, you always have that sit down with HR where they're telling you about all the benefits and whatnot, and um, it was myself and three or four other you know newly minted college graduates that were young and not thinking at all about retirement at that point in our lives. And he said, make sure you put the maximum amount you can, you know, have it taken out of your check and then GE matches that. And he said, you know, once you take that out, like you won't even notice that it's missing, but you know, it'll be accruing. And I'm so thankful for that advice because I honestly think, you know, if he hadn't suggested that, I'm sure I would have been like, "Eh, I'm not thinking about retirement, now I want to, you know, go to a couple of extra movies this month or something like that. So that, that is the advice that I actually I give college graduates when I see them. That's good. I think
1: you're right. Financial investment and I, advice like that is a really good idea. Um, I think that they should ignore almost anyone who thinks they're guru, Sherpa, Sherpa, expert, Um, And and giving advice is my advice. Um, And that you should always keep learning. So regardless of your industry, field, occupational role, uh, I think the best way to um, kind of thrive in your career and your direction of life is to continue to learn something. And if it's not what you enjoy doing at work, then sharpen that tool or do something else on the side that gets you trying something new. And I think if you have that propensity to learn and you adopt kind of a growth mindset with anything, um, whether it's your career or learning some other language or maybe trying a new instrument that you've never, ever played, I think it gives you um, reminders that uh, you're not finished yet and you're still growing, you're still improving. And I think having that kind of mindset um, whether it's for your work or something else, it, it gets brought to your career. So, um, always, always be learning is mine.
0: I like that. I like that. All right, on to the next question. Uh, in the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to, distractions, invitations, etc.? What new realizations or approaches helped? and any other tips?
1: I'd say the last five or maybe. years, I've been better at um, tuning out and turning off notifications. So I have tried my best not to pick up a device the first thing in the morning um, or looked at email or seen a text message till before. It varies depending on the day, but it's usually by noon or 11 a.m. because I can and I I think giving myself space to do other work and not be distracted first has been helpful. So a few tips I've done is taking apps off my phone. If I'm going to use a social media site, I will use it on a web, like a desktop or laptop. Um, I turn off notifications. I don't get push messages. And my reminders are only when I open up my work email, which I don't put on my personal devices. So I think um, saying no to, um, and just kind of compartmentalizing your work life or your different types of work. So I like to write and research in the morning um, and having a separate kind of digital space for that or not going to any of those spaces really helps not to distract and do some more of that deep work. So it's stuff that I'm still working at, but it's something that I think I've been more cognizant in the last three to four years that I've tried to work towards to get things done. What about yourself? What have you been better at saying no at?
0: So this is a difficult one for me. I I am that person that says yes to everything because that project sounds really interesting and I really want to be a part of that. Or yes, I would love to speak on that. Or, you know, yes, I would love to be on this task force. Uh, so I have over the last few years been practicing saying no. Um, and I think one of the things that I I really try to think about when I make a decision is, you know, first think about like, what are my goals? You know, you know, where is it that I want to end up? And then is, is this thing, whether it's being on this project or being on this task force, is it going to help me either achieve my goals or does it align with, you know, kind of my North star, you know, like something that I'm really passionate about where I really want to have that impact And if it doesn't fall within there, um, I, I try to say, no, I can't say that I have a hundred percent success rate. (laughs) Um, but I, but I am, and I think a lot of it does come from, you know, a lot of times also, I think women feel like they need to say yes to everything because you don't know when you're going to get that next up, right. That, you know, next opportunity or make that connection that's going to make all the difference. So I think it, you know, it is a common problem for women, but, um, on the other end of it, that's when we need the apps, like you mentioned before, because of the right the you know the stress that that it results in. Uh, do you write so,
1: down your goal, or do you put the, these kind of map of self somewhere?
0: I have yes. I started doing that about a year ago. I've been really trying to. Um, and this, actually, I started doing it when I listened to one of Katie Linder's. I think it was her podcast mm-hmm. on the goals. Uh, and you know, she really broke it down nicely about like five year goals and three year and two year. And then like, what are you going to do every you know, day or week kind of thing? And so, yes, I do try to see like, where does this fit in, in there?
1: Cool. We, we link to that. Can yeah. Stuff, yeah. All right. Last question we're going to ask of the series of tribe of mentors Q and a, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it metaphorically speaking to get a message out to millions or billions what would it say and why And this could be like an expression a quote or a saying um what would you be on your billboard patrice
0: so mine is pretty simple mine would be don't look back and i um that that's what came to mind when i read this question because i think that Looking back is one of the things that drags many of us down. A lot of times, you know, you, you make a decision and you're just second-guessing yourself or you do something and it doesn't work out or you have some type of failure. And, you know, we hear that term a lot, fail forward. Um, I think that just looking forward is not easy to do, but it, but it's, it, it is the only way forward. And so I, many times during the, you know, last few years where i just had to remind myself you know don't look back just you know keep moving forward no regrets i like it yeah
1: it also has me have let the oasis song to look back in anger in my head now um all right so mine i think i probably am, i'm gonna draw on a quote that i will say i like margaret mead's quote never doubt that a small group of thoughtful committed citizens can change the world indeed it is the only thing that ever has. And I guess mine would say, you know, that advice comes from rely on those around you to support you, support each other, and be the change you are. Like, be the change you want to see in the world. And I think um, more than ever, this reminds me of how powerful this message is, that uh, these group of citizens in our little clusters and colleagues and collaboratives and collectives can do so much and so many cool things. So I I think that's one that probably resonates with me. And I'd probably put it on a billboard because I think um, that's the only way we're gonna advert change and challenge things that we want to in the society and smooth things forward.
0: Right. Well that was really fun. I think that we should do another Mini sewed with some other questions. Definitely. Um,
1: yeah, I will definitely come up with another one. I'm reading some books as I do. Um, so, yeah, the book again is Tim Harris, sorry, Timothy Ferris, Tribe of Mentors, Short Life Advice for the Best in the World. It's not a short book, so I recommend getting it from your local public library. And um, you'll see QA, questions and answers from, I don't know, there's dozens of people in here. I'm just flipping through it. So, Um, And just little, I like little vignettes, little quotes he has intermittently. Some of them eh, don't always resonate with me. But um, also, what questions would you ask your mentors? So if you want to ask them these five, we'll put them in the show notes. But uh, think about what other questions we could ask or answer. Until next time, we hope you listen in and uh, share a story with us on hashtag 3WEDU. Um, Or hashtag InVinoFabulum. And we'd love to hear from you. A message by email at InVinoFabulum at gmail.com. And stay tuned and subscribe to InVinoFab Podcast via Apple, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Because in wine, there's a story. InVinoFabulum.